Hi everyone, and welcome to the 120th episode of Kingdom Hearts Union. I'm your host, Brandon, and I'm here with Churro! Hi guys. And Sabrina! Hi guys! How's it going? I'm tired. Me too. Me three. I'm yes. so tired. But you're tired because it's late, and I'm tired because it's early. And I'm tired because it's work. <laughs> and when I say early, I mean it's 11 a.m. where When normal wow. human beings should be awake. A plus, good job. Good job, but Brandon. Here, good job, here, Sensei. Good for you. <laughs> here in Japan land, uh, it's, um, it is currently the final day of... Uh, well, well not, okay, it's not really the final day. But it's, like, it's the final day of Golden Week Vacation. That's what I'll say. It's the final Did week of vacation? Golden Week Vacation. Um... Kinda, yes. Kinda, no. Uh, so, uh, so the deal is, with okay. So here's here's what Japan loves to do. Japan loves to give give you days off, but then also not give you like all the days off you need to have consecutive days off. So if you want to have consecutive days off, you gotta like actually use vacation days. Uh, Japan loves doing that. Like, they'll give you, like, a random Tuesday off. Like, in America, like, they always make sure that vacations line up with, like, a Monday or a Friday, like, any sensible civilization. But no, Japan, nope. Here, here's a Tuesday off. Here's a, here's a Wednesday off. You want, you want Thursday, Friday? You want Monday, Tuesday? Well, gonna have to take those days off. And if, and you can do that, but if you do, you're a jerk. Because everyone else is working, why aren't you working? <laughs> so that's so so well anyway. So uh, they so this golden week, uh, there's like three days off. The the graciously it was uh, uh let's see uh, Wednesday Thursday Friday. So that's that's not so bad. So I decided okay I'm gonna try to take Tuesday and Monday as well so I can get a full nine days off. And I did. And it was nice. I played Persona. I went to Nagasaki City. Uh, saw some food festival thing. Uh, got very, very tired. Walked up a hill called Dutch Slope. Because, uh, uh, here, here's a history lesson. So, uh, in the uh, <laughs> uh, century, uh, Japan was a closed-off country. Except for in Nagasaki, in a place called Dejima where uh, Dutch people could come and uh, trade uh, goods and wares from the outside world and give them technology and books and religion and stuff. And, uh, yeah, so there's a lot of Dutch influence randomly where I live. And, yeah, they have a slope in Nagasaki called Dutch Slope. And uh saw some Dutch things. It was, it was Interesting. Great. Interesting. So, so, uh, so, yeah, did that play persona it's the last last day of my vacation and it's still still morning but i gotta edit a podcast and i still haven't ironed my clothes for tomorrow for work yay 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 so that's life uh and 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 uh yeah uh how 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 are your humanities doing today show you first <laughs> um i mean work is work i mean it's getting increasingly more frustrating but um yep. i'm surviving yep. you know and then there's i e3's mean coming. yo well, well i was gonna get into that but 
Yeah. Uh, first, you know, not without saying too much, I do have some like personal problems, so it's yeah. not really helping me. But mm-hmm. the good news is, is that next month is E3. My vacation time is uh, approved, finally. so I have like 16 Yay. days off. Of oh my work. god. So I'm going to like E3, then I'm going to New York, and then yeah. in between those, hey, I'll, be, I'll be doing the uh, Kingdom Hearts Orchestra concerts, and then and then in July, I'll be doing D23 and San Diego Comic-Con, so... It's going to be a good ex- summer. It's going to be... Yep. It's always a good summer. You know, it's always something to look forward to every year, so I'm just, just like, trying to, like, get by every day until, you know, I finally get to say peace out, y'all, to everybody exactly. else at work. Speaking of Persona, <laughs> oh God, we speak- Brandon, we weren't speaking of Persona, but here's something interesting that that I like about Persona that mm-hmm. is a blessing and a curse. So uh, Persona's calendar uh, this time around, Persona Five, uh, it's not explicitly stated that it's 2016, but it's basically 2016. Like it, like the calendar, the days line up with 2016 so it's either like 2016 or 2022 uh something crazy like that so i'm just gonna assume it's 2016 that it happened uh it's like a a, an interesting window into my future and my past so like i'm constantly seeing all these events in the in the game and realizing oh crap i'm gonna have to deal with this very soon (laughs) very shortly like for example speaking of june uh, in Japan, uh, June is known as rainy season, where it's just raining like all day, all night for like a couple of weeks straight, and it's horrible. And uh, one of the teachers in Persona made an offhanded comment about like, oh, June is such a terrible month for students because there's no holidays for the entire month. It's like one of the only, it's the only, I think one of the only months in the school year that has zero holidays and on top of that it's also rainy season so they're just like rubbing it in and then i was just realizing oh wait that's gonna be me next month and then i died inside ha sucker yeah you chose his life i know yeah i i chose i chose the uh anime life the anime life didn't choose me yeah I get I get to play my enemy life still in the game, so great. So yeah, <sighs> yeah. But but the good news is I I do occasionally learn things from Persona that I do apply in my daily life, like like what? So here's a great example. So uh, there's this one character that happens to be a maid that will come to your house and make you uh make you things like coffee and. Uh, this one time she was like, hey, master, I'm going to cook you food. And then I was like, sweet, you're going to cook me food. That's awesome. That's that's such a good, good maid, I guess. And then she came over and then, hey, joke's on you. I just made instant ramen. And then she made this like joke about, isn't it great when we get the expensive stuff? And then she was like complaining about how the expensive ramen is more difficult because like it also comes with like an extra sauce packet inside that you have to put on top of the ramen container so it heats up and then you pour in the in, in the sauce. And then I was like, oh, 
that's that's interesting. And then literally the next day, I bought cup ramen, and it had the exact same thing the 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 packet of sauce. And I used my knowledge gained from minutes of Persona playing in real life. Thank you, Persona. Thank you, Atlas. You saved my dinner. I'm slow capping for you. Yeah. So. That is Amazing. an example of something that I learned in Persona and applied literally the next day. It was great. Wow. <laughs> Alright, anyway, for you new folks, Kingdom Hearts Union is part of the podcast series called Final Fantasy and Kingdom Hearts Union and is presented by the Gaming Union Network. We release every Tuesday, rotating each week with Final Fantasy Union, and we come out on the iTunes store, KingdomHeartsUnion.com, and... Kingdom Hearts Ultimania's Twitter, which is at, Kingdom, at KHUltimania and UltimaWeapon.com's Twitter, which is at UltimaWeapon.com. We have three segments today. We have our first segment, the news segment. Specifically, news with a question mark news? at the end. Wait, it's wait, the wait, wait, news what is, what is segment. This, what is this news thing you're talking about? Exactly. And then the second uh, is our uh, discussion segment. We're going to have a Patreon supporter joining us, Tyson Wildman. So definitely uh, stick around for that. It's going to be a great conversation. And we're going to utilize it to resurrect an old dead segment that got lost to the annals of time. That's, wow. that's that's our goal. And then uh, our third segment, we're going to have co- our questions. Uh, and in the way of announcements, as always, you can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash ffkhunion. Just pledge a dollar and get access to a special podcast called Please Be Excited. Our Patreon executive producers for this episode are as follows. We have Barry Norton, who is at Nortron Zero. We have Christian Burge, Louis James, Satria Jaja Zudarma, who is at Satria625 Rubin, Tyson Wildman, who is at Ty Wildman1, William Trengrove, who is at Varnish the Azure, Chris Morales, Brian McArdle, who is at DarthBrain92, Dustin Haviv, who is at DustyFish770, Eric Decker, who is at Choco Taco, Harley Crawley, who is at DarkZTOkami, Jonathan Gonzalez, who is at Oh It's Just Johnny, uh, Josh McNabb, who is at J2K9, oh, and uh, Churro, if you could take these next few. Sure. It's We got Michael Graham, we got Thorne Bolin at Massacre23, Zach Duranto at ZDuranto58, Alex Troutman at Akira Namjian, Billy Jackson, at underscore Billy Jackson, Darren Matthews at Doomster73, Jason Rivera at Neo Arcadiac, Joseph Robertson at Pokemon Trainer J, Julio Carrillo at Dead Demon225, Keith Field at The Mighty Keith. And Sabby, if you could take these last ones. We got Mario Herker, Mike Shirley Donnelly at Curious Quail, Mohamed Quayam, Nico Gonzalez at Nick underscore Knack95, Perry Ramstad, Rachel Casterton at Erba Yoon Ray, Vida Nitas at V underscore Tron 5000, Zach Porter at Porter Paradox, and Zelda Claude at Apes Type Novels. And if you guys want your questions answered on the show, please send us your questions to khuquestions at gmail.com. So if there's anything in particular that you want us to talk about for, for definitely sure, please send it to us in the form of a question to khuquestions at gmail.com. All right, moving on to the news segment. Yeah. Yay! 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 Uh, question yay. 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 yay! Yes. 
So, uh, I'm going to call this the news segment because I don't know if this is news, but I, I think it's worth discussing anyway. So, the first bit of news is uh, Kingdom Hearts 3 was listed in Square Enix's financial report as releasing in 2018 and beyond. But when Which I, is when never! I, <laughs> I'm kidding. So, so, some of the games are releasing uh, between now and like March. March 2018, and then there was another group that was like, all right, here are games that are releasing after that and beyond into the future. So, in those games listed, Kingdom Hearts 3 was present, as was Final Fantasy VII Remake, and uh, there were also some others that had uh, specific dates attached to them, but uh, they were all like you know, releasing kind of relatively soon. Uh, whereas uh, Kingdom Hearts 3 and Final Fantasy 7 Remake both had TBA on them. So uh, basically, this doesn't mean anything. <laughs> I know a lot of people were freaking out, probably making videos about it on YouTube, but like this is this is like less than nothing. It, all, all it means is that, uh, yep, Kingdom Hearts 3 and Final Fantasy 7 Remake they're still in development, and they're still going to take time. Uh, what it definitely means is it, it, this ga- these games will absolutely, for sure, confirmed not be coming out in 2017, surprising literally no one. Uh, they will also uh, not be releasing at least until April 2018, because that's when the next fiscal year will start, and that's when... Uh, you know, they, they would still technically fit in. But I'll, I'll tell you right now, spoiler, they're not releasing in April. So, uh, you know, you can expect uh, that these games will release sometime in 2018, late 2018 and beyond. That's my uh, honest estimate. I, I think they'll be releasing later than we all expect. Uh, so, yay. Uh, Kingdom Hearts... Uh, Kingdom Hearts 3 for 2019. Yay. Final well, Fantasy 7 for idea, 2020. Everyone still gets upset about it. Right. I it's mean, like, I'm so mad. I was like, Kingdom Hearts is coming out this year. And I was like, but you knew this. Yeah, like, and you're still yeah. mad. Yeah. If you think about it, though, if you think about it, though, so Kingdom Hearts 3 was announced in 2013. So releasing in 2019, that's six years. It's not bad. Well, you, well, you got to remember that the announcement was not really something Nomura wanted. You know, it's like yeah, it, Nomura w- sort went of on the record said that it was announced too early. And honestly, like the way the way I look at it, if Nomura had his own way of you know like announcing Kingdom Hearts three, it would have been yeah. done at 2015. Because yeah. what do you think that uh, Kingdom Hearts three had such a huge you know had a huge presence that whole year so and it's also you know the debut of the you know of the unreal 4 engine you know after they switched it in 2014 so if anything i would clearly consider 2014 you know the actual start of development 2015 was the actual first showing of it and if you go if he would have started from there then the 2019 release would have been more acceptable but since yeah you know and i think yeah, I think you bring up a really good point is the fact that they did they did switch engines. They switched engines in 2014 and that's uh not a not an insignificant thing to to do. 
now, now, granted, that doesn't necessarily mean uh, that they really started over, because uh, at the very least, we we have seen evidence that assets from that uh, that original production did make it over. Uh, for example, uh, at D23 2013, we were shown uh, a battle with the Rock Titan, and that did get carried over. But we're talking like, you know, some models, uh, you know, uh, uh, Twilight Town got taken over to Unreal Engine 4. So all the assets made it over. But as far as like gameplay stuff, like that stuff, you, you can't just bring that over. You got to remake that stuff. So, yeah, I would say for all intensive purposes... Uh, barring a couple of nice things that they got to bring over from 20, their 2013, 2014 efforts, uh, proper development didn't start until like mid 2014 when they actually did finally get started in Unreal Engine 4. So, and this is just like the natural outcome of that, you know? You got, you got, you got 2018, uh, and beyond. It's just, it's just the reality of these things. These games are big and they take time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would say, thankfully though, thankfully they are taking the time to do it and do it right. Because uh, if you if you look at certain other games like Final Fantasy fifteen, uh, like that game, uh, while while for a lot of people it was quite good and there were a lot of many great elements in it, and I would agree, there's a lot of great elements in it. One of my favorite Final Fantasies of all time. Uh, I would say, despite that, unfortunately, it feels like a lot of disjointed pieces of an idea that was not fully formed, that didn't have enough time in the oven, and uh, I'm hoping that in the case of Kingdom Hearts 3, it'll feel a lot more complete, a lot more finished. So, we can only hope, right? Right, for sure. And, And on top of that, just speaking real quickly on FF7... Anything that happens to Kingdom Hearts 3, it happens to 7, like, even worse. Because <laughs> 7 is seven is way, is way past, uh, or, or not way past, way, way behind. So, so FF7 is way behind Kingdom Hearts 3 in terms of development. So if you just look at where uh, Kingdom Hearts 3 was in 2015 when FF7 was announced, you know, Kingdom Hearts 3 was, like... They already had cutscenes animated. They had voice actors. They had areas. They had gameplay going. They had bosses. Uh, they had uh, not only that. They had multiple areas. They had multiple uh, worlds on display in 2015. Uh, so you know they had quite a bit going in that 2015 demonstration. And then what does Final Fantasy VII have? It had a it had gameplay in the uh, PSX trailer, but like. It was very early and clearly not running on 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 a console. So like, wh- wherever Kingdom Hearts is at, FF Seven is like a year to two years behind. So just always keep that in mind. And, and that's only like the seven. first part of it too. It's not even exactly. The yeah, it's only it's only the first opening section of the game. So yeah, we'll we'll, we'll see where that goes. So. uh... Yeah, uh, moving on, uh, Tatsuya Nomura uh, responded to that uh, Femitsu survey, uh, the results in the Femitsu survey. We covered it a, a, a few episodes ago, if you want to uh, know what that was about specifically. Uh, but yeah, basically, this is what he had to say. Uh, Nomura was pretty surprised uh, that 
or, or, or pleasantly surprised that the respondents of the results were were uh, basically 50-50 when it came to male male and female and he says that uh uh that it definitely uh seems to correlate with uh their own internal analysis of the Kingdom Hearts fan base that uh it is uh a, a very diverse fan base uh, that is very strong, strongly uh, ap- appreciated by uh, by women and men, and also with uh, young uh, younger people. Uh, so uh, uh, compare, uh, he said that compare comparing to other titles, we can see many young and female players, which reminds me that this is a tr- this is truly a title with a connection to a healthy future. Uh, so for a lot of games, uh, and I would assume this applies to a lot of Square Enix games, there's definitely a strong leaning towards being, uh, you know, uh, having a male demographic and a strong leaning towards, or at least more recently, a strong leaning towards an older demographic, which, uh, both of which are problematic because the male demographic, uh, when it comes to games is a, uh, well penetrated market as in they're already playing games and they have very limited time so you know you're you're competing with a lot of different other products so if you have a game that happens to uh also appeal to you know women then you know there there aren't as many games that appeal as heavily to women so if you can do that you've just opened up a you know half of the earth's population to potentially being interested in your game and then also uh 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 being popular with a younger demographic means that you have uh the possibility of a a good future for your series for your franchise because uh as people get older they stop playing games or or die <laughs> Well, they'll definitely die. That's that's pretty certain. So, uh, yeah, you you always want to make sure that you are replenishing your fan base uh, by making sure that younger audiences are interested in what you do, so that they will buy your games in the future. So, that's just interesting to to note. Uh, and then he says that the fact he says that the fact that story occupied the majority of the responses in regards to the to fans' favorite parts of the series is a surprise. And he says that it occurred to me that most responses gathered this time must have been from pretty hardcore fans, seeing that the story is quite long and complicated. We always try our best. Uh, to place our utmost efforts into every aspect of our games, so I thought it would have been, uh, uh, you know, a lot more evenly spread. In regards to the responses regarding favorite characters, most of the results were uh, as expected, but I feel Riku ranked a little low. I think I have to do something about that. Maybe I should give him a little more opportunity to shine. Uh, so. No, please. Yeah. <laughs> He's had enough. Please. Dreams of Distance like really brought him out more. I, yeah, as a character. Like, he brought him out of that shell. So. so yeah. So, but uh, I I definitely want to comment on on his first uh, assertion that you know the fact that story occupied a majority of the responses is a, is a surprise, and then he he uh, he thinks this is just because you know it's hardcore fans. 
so, so that's why they like story so much uh and uh yeah i, I mean uh i'm sure that what tetsuya nomura sees all day and all night is uh like analysts uh, uh like proper analysts that will uh maybe do like uh, analysts and also probably focus testing and in those scenarios uh, you know, you're probably dealing with people that aren't familiar with the series, so story is probably not a big deal to them. But um, I think uh, while this uh, survey does, I would also agree, probably target you know, uh, you know, fans of the series, people who have already played the series. Uh, I would also say that's a a very strong indication of what is special about what you do because if uh the story is what drew these people to become long-term fans then clearly it's something important and something special because that's the thing that has the staying power uh you'll notice that gameplay and other uh other aspects of the game did not uh contribute to these particular uh people be become or, or Maybe not becoming, but uh, staying fans. The the number one contributor to them staying fans would be the story. So, you know, I, I personally felt he was a little dismissive of story in the fact that, yeah, you know, we, we, we try to focus on everything and make sure everything is good. But I, I would I, and I would definitely agree that that is important. But uh, the fact that story was so strong among this section, this subset of your fan base. Uh, the fact that it was so strong would, to me, indicate that it is something to take note of. It's not an insignificant result. Uh, the fact that these people have stuck with you, uh, you know, is, is something significant. And if you can tap into what made these guys stay you know, and understand that maybe you can uh, focus more on those elements and ensure that they are of the highest quality because it's important. Story is important. That's what I'm trying to say. Anyway, moving on. Uh, The third part of his response, as for enemies that left an impression on players, uh, there's a split split made by the memory of a tough battle and the memory therein of a character as a whole. In regards to favorite Keyblades, the popular Keyblades from before, uh, once again, take the limelight. <clears throat> Deep dive Keyblades. <clears throat> Regarding favorite scenes and worlds, there's quite a few I didn't expect to see. The scenes that I personally wished I had put more emphasis on seemed to top the ranks. For example, when Sora turned into a Heartless. So yeah, it turns out, like we were talking about this, that about the whole segment of Sora turning into the Heartless, and we assumed that it was uh, Sora's sacrifice. It's not. No, it's literally the part where Sora is a Heartless and you control him. So he goes on to say, for example, when Sora turned into a Heartless, I wanted to let players bask in this moment for longer, but I ended up putting priority on on the pacing of the story. As for... uh, So yeah, so... Uh, well, we were wrong. Yeah, the part he was talking about was literally the part where Sora becomes a heartless, a heartless. and you control him. And I oh, think, okay. 
I I think that it's still ridiculous. I don't know why that that ranks so high because just like I, I'm with I'm with Nomura on this. I'm glad he made it short because of the pacing of the story. Because if you think about okay, what parts of the story sandwiched this moment? Uh, literally Sora's sacrifice and Sora being resurrected by Kairi, like two of the more pivotal moments of the entire series. So the fact that this was kept kind of short. That's kind. That's a good thing. I'm glad. I'm with Namora on this. Don't make that thing that thing too long. But make sure that the story hits at at the tempo that it needs to hit at. So I, I don't understand. So uh, this is one part of the survey where I do not agree with the respondents at all. So anyway, what was such a big uh, deal though? I'm trying. To I don't know. I don't know. It's well, like oh, well, he stabs himself, and then you're just like, oh, wake up. And I mean, it's a, it's an interesting twist. Like it's yeah, like, it's kind of like wondering it's nice. what would happen, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's nice that it happened, but it's not something that you would necessarily need to dwell on. I mean, there there's literally nothing you could do as the heartless just walk around and and jump off of ledges and be fine. So it was like, I don't know. I'm pretty it, sure my first thought, like when I turned into a heartless, I was like, because it was my my first playthrough. I was like, what, twelve or whatever. 10, yeah. 12. You're just, I'm just like, okay. And then yeah, went on with my on? day. <laughs> I was just like, so, what happened? Why am I a heartless? Yeah. yeah like, I just got confused. I don't know. Th- there's, ah. there's, there's definitely like an initial like, whoa, oh, cool kind of moment. But like a- after that, you're like, okay, how do I, how do I, how do I progress the story? You know? Okay. Like, now you're how, on how the case, on? like Brandon, you have to ask the people of Japan. Okay. Specifically about this part, and be like, why does this like affect here's the, you so the much? Here's the problem: every time I I talk to anybody, nobody knows what Kingdom Hearts is, so it's it's very difficult. And the people that do know who King, do know what Kingdom Hearts is, they're very young, and um, which is promising, by the way. Very good that at least some young people do play Kingdom Hearts, but it seems like. Uh, they may have played ones that are not this game, <laughs> uh, <laughs> like uh, some hand handheld ones, just out of order. So I don't know. It, it's it's uh, it's difficult to be to be continued. My <laughs> my 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 own informal market analysis of Kingdom Hearts in Japan will continue ever forward. Uh, as for favorite worlds, I was surprised. That so many original worlds ranked the highest. Oh uh, yeah, surprise! The the story is actually pretty popular. That's why those uh, worlds rank so high. <clears throat> uh, number four. Uh, as for features, players indulged in the most, as expected. The features we put particular effort in top the ranks. It was un- I was unexpectedly surprised and happy to see that Dream Eater Creation feature was uh, being popular. This is yet another point of divergence between me and this, the respondents of this list. <laughs> well, can you imagine Dream Eaters. Yeah, me too. Well, well can you never imagine do if, Dream Eaters. Can you imagine if they made this like survey to like outside of Japan? Can you imagine the results are going to be like dramatically different? Yeah, I would. They and should I wonder, do it and though. I, and I wonder what his response would be if he if he did one for like Europe and one for you know, North America. Yeah. I would love to see his response to that. He'd probably be like, whoa, what is going on with these 
places. It's like, how do you people play these games, man? Yeah. Like, <laughs> seriously. It's always interesting, yeah, because... So, us as game players, and Nomura and the development team as game developers, we have very different perspectives on the stuff that on the games because they they make the games and we play the games and you know they don't they won't know what about the games we like until it's out and only if they ask us uh i would say a great example of this in pop culture is the disconnect between george lucas and the fans of star wars because clearly the things that George Lucas liked about Star Wars were very different because when he went back to make the prequels and make special editions and he went and changed the originals, the fans were pissed. You know, uh, the things that he changed were fundamentally things that the fans loved about the originals and, uh, you know, flaws included. So, you know, there was definitely a very strong disconnect as to what George Lucas wanted for Star Wars and what the fans and actually ended up liking about Star Wars. And I feel the same thing happens with Final Fantasy. The same thing happens with Kingdom Hearts. And uh, it's both uh, a good thing and maybe a bad thing that <laughs> that they do get illuminated to these ideas. Um, you know, you, you, you need not look farther than Final Fantasy fifteen to see the positive and the positives and the negatives of fan feedback on a triple A game. So anyway, it's interesting. Uh, he, he goes on to say that, you know, things like the, the, the fans are most interested in as far as like, uh, uh, mysteries being revealed is, you know, clearly tied to kingdom hearts 2.8 and, uh, you know, kingdom hearts key and all those games, you know, the most recent games in development. Um, Okay, now this part's interesting. As for guest characters the fans would like to see the most, I'm a little worried. <laughs> In the current state of the main story, it would be difficult to incorporate these characters. However, even in the responses regarding what fans are looking forward to most in the future of the series... Numerous voices are heard expecting these guest characters to appear. I'll consider the voices of these fans very carefully and do my very best to meet the expectations of all other fans. So, I think it's important to recognize who was at the top of the list and why that might be a problem for the person being interviewed here. And the person at the top of the list was Noctis. Yeah, it's, it's amazing how like it's, it's amazing how he chose all these words like so carefully. When so yeah, like I, I was reading this at like I was on the edge of my seat. Like, ooh, what are you gonna say? Ooh, this yeah, is it's like, and it's so like, so drama, so it, drama. He wasn't even like direct at all. Like he didn't even acknowledge. Like he didn't even he mention didn't, Noctis's name. Like exactly, he just said as for guest characters that fans would like to see most, I'm a little worried. And I was just like, ooh, do tell. Like, who is this person? No yeah, more. who? Yeah. So, now, to be fair, there are two controversial characters at the tippy top of that list, and that is uh, Noctis and Lightning. 
Now, as far as we know, as far as we know about Nomura, there is nothing, there is no particular beef that Nomura should have with Lightning. Other than the fact that she's not necessarily so well received internationally. She's apparently quite popular in Japan. I have yet to discover why. I'm still discuss- I'm still researching this fact quite Another thoroughly. thing to find out for you. Yes. I have found at least one girl who likes Final Fantasy 13 here. I did not figure out why. If I can <laughs> ask her more, I will ask. But that's 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 as deep as that ever got. But in terms of the other character, there is a very clear reason why Nomura is a little worried. You know, that main that character being Noctis, the character he created that was his child that was stolen from him and uh, taken on by uh, Hajime Tabata when he was making Final Fantasy XV. So I could see this being a particularly sore spot for him. Um, now, the reasoning he the reasoning he gives for for his worry his worriedness is in the current state of the main story, it would be difficult to incorporate these characters. So, what it seems like is, for whatever reason, he did not, he chose not to include these guest characters, or he just didn't think to include them when he was. Uh, initially drafting the main story and figuring it out. Uh, and because of that, the uh, the development went on without these characters. And now they are at a point of development that they are so far along that it would be uh, cost prohibitive or just not feasible to try to fit them in into the main story. Now you could say, oh well, you know, you can add him in as a side side character, and I'm I'm with you there. But for whatever reason, this is the uh, reasoning he's uh, using to sort of get 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 away with this. I mean, so, that's that's the thing that people forget. People think that they can just be inserted, no problem. But it's like Namara's made careful planning and how to use these characters, whether it's something yeah. as you know. As like Setzer being, you know, the struggle champion, you know, it's exactly. something. And you also, you also got to think about, okay, how were, how were Final Fantasy characters incorporated in the past? And you got to remember, like, uh, these characters were actually like fairly well integrated to the main plot. Like even, mm-hmm. even in Kingdom Hearts 2, like you think about all the like really important story scenes that Final Fantasy characters were involved in, like the whole thousand heartless battle section that was all final fantasy characters yeah like there were so many like pivotal important scenes that were you know uh with final fantasy characters so uh i think that's where part of where he's he's coming at this from but um regardless at some point in the development of kingdom hearts he decided not to include these very popular characters and now he's at sort of an impasse of oh wait these fan of yeah of course the fans are expecting these popular final fantasy characters to be included they're the most recent but 
for whatever reason, uh, when I was making this game, I decided no, no way in hell they're not gonna get in. So, I think it's also like depending on like how their characters are would match like with Sora and everybody else's type of flow. Yeah. Like, cause like both Noctis and Lighten are very light lightning. Well, I don't know why I say lighten. Lightning, um, are very quiet characters or like to themselves, and it feel it would feel very similar to like how Neku was in Kingdom Hearts Dream Drop Distance. Yeah, or even so, Leon in the first Kingdom Hearts. You know, yeah. he was kind of yeah. like that's why they had like Yuki you, you and Aerith there to, have, to balance like, them out. Re- yeah, you have, yeah, you have to have ridiculous characters to balance. So you gotta br- bring out like all the bros with them too. Like Noctis is like, and then you have everybody else just come by. Well, like like that's just the reason why tension. they made um, you know Yuna, Riku, and Pain as fairies yeah, because three the three of them, of them yeah. if they were like normal characters, they would have been too much on screen at one time. You know, and too so, serious too. Yeah, like, so if you know if they were gonna include Noctis in the gang, they, he would have to do something similar so that you know they're not totally in your face. You know, yeah, so, be like Noctis and, and Prompto. And even with Leon's, you know, Leon was different in Kingdom Hearts two than he was Kingdom Hearts one. He kind of lightened up a bit, so it's like you know his character did change a bit. So it's kind of I don't know, like it's to me it would be very difficult to include noctis and lightning with the way their personalities are even if they were told to change their personalities for kingdom hearts it would still come out weird because we're not used to see them that way exactly but also like like you said like leon was different from kingdom hearts one as of to kingdom hearts two so like because the third game is going to be closing up a trilogy increasing the speed of a character development on a side character for no reason like really doesn't make sense it's yeah, like it's... it's like hey I'm like all mm, like br- like moody and stuff or whatever with Sora and then like you know three worlds later hey guys we're best friends now type of thing I'm here. I'm, to- I'm totally down for uh, Noctis and the Bros being included as little kids I think that oh be my so god cute. that'd be so funny <laughs> I mean I I think <laughs> I think those characters would be saved best saved for the next you know yeah they they definitely can and. Or DLC. Or DLC. I, I, <laughs> you know I could see, like, if if they needed to find a place to sort of inject them into in such a way that it wouldn't be that much of a pain to include them. Uh, now, I don't know anything about Kingdom Hearts 3, but just saying, hypothetically, if they happen to have a Destiny Islands area in the game and specifically the main island maybe they could just be a, a group of snot-nosed kids that live on the island and they're just you know doing whatever they do going on an adventure on destiny islands and maybe you have like a little side quest with them and that's about it uh i could see that being a way to include those characters and if i had to pick a place for lightning to fit i would say she's got to be in twilight town she's got to be one of those kids and uh, yes, I would say a kid, because I think that's all we got room for with lightning. No, I got put she's, in the Coliseum like how, she, how Cloud was. You got you got to make sure she's cute and short, because if she's an adult and to be taken seriously, I feel like that would be problematic because she is way too serious for her crazy pink hair. But if she's she's if she's small and moody, then it's kind of cute and kind of funny. 
So I'm I'm all in for that. So I mean, that, it's weird. I, I feel it's like weird that's a non-offensive like, way to include her. Well, it's weird because like we like when we talk about you know Final Fantasy characters in Kingdom Hearts, like we always have to make them like genuinely younger than they are their count of their final fantasy counterparts yeah like i mean and there's only exception, a few exceptions like yeah uh, cloud cloud's the same age uh, uh Orin. Oh, well or yeah, yeah. Orin's the same but yeah in the case of cloud and Orin, they have serious stories to tell with them and that's nice i don't see that happening with with lightning and uh i i don't see it happening with noctis but i don't the reason I don't see it happening isn't because I don't think it could be done. It's because of the uh, tenuous nature of Nomura's relationship to that project. So that's why I would see if Noctis is ever included in any capacity, it would be to a level that is as uh, unoffensive as possible, but also just not well integrated at all i don't think they'll go that deep with noctis because that seems to be a sore spot so uh yeah anyway uh in regards to kingdom hearts 3 being the 13th year anniversary the tension is steadily 15th year anniversary the tension is steadily rising so to fans we thank you for your patience and ask for your continual support as we work toward our mutual goal the Aww. game, the game being finished, Aww. I guess, is that mutual goal. Yay! So, yay! Hopefully, I know, right? <laughs> yeah. One day. So, uh, here's here's hoping, here's hoping that uh, that that comes sooner rather than later. All right, moving on to the next segment. Yay! And now for our Patreon executive producer segment. Today we are here with Tyson Wildman. Hello, Tyson. Hey, how are you? Doing good, doing good. So we got a, we got an inter- interesting segment today. But first, I want to get to know you better. I want everyone out there to get to know you better. So first things first, uh, you've been supporting us on Patreon for quite a while now. We definitely appreciate your support. Uh, as thanks for that, we are inviting you onto the show for this segment. So first, as as we always do with our Patreon guests is we got to ask some really important questions. These are some tough hitters, so I hope you're ready. <laughs> I'm ready. All right, so first question. What was your first Kingdom Hearts game? All right, so my first Kingdom Hearts game was actually the first Kingdom Hearts. Oh, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> you're not you're not one of the weird ones that happened to like have a 3DS and got got started with Dream Drop Distance. <laughs> Um, I actually did skip Chain of Memories and went straight okay. to two, not even knowing Chain of Memories existed. <laughs> How was that? Time. How was that? Um, I don't know. I was kind of young at the time. Okay. Uh, so I was a little confused, but mm-hmm. I I adjusted pretty quickly. Okay. What at what point did you go back and get to Chain of Memories? Um, when um. 1.5 remix came out was okay. when I actually was able to play it, gotcha. which is weird because I did have it originally on Game Boy Advance, but it oh, would wow. ne- it could not save your data. I don't know oh, why. Like the battery yeah. in it wouldn't work. So. Yeah, that's that. That definitely is the problem with those uh, the cartridge based games. Is that yeah, something like as simple as a battery. If that doesn't work, yeah. you're screwed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so, so I just that... play like Traverse Town over and over again yeah yeah so uh 
Okay, so moving from there, so Kingdom Hearts 1 was your first game, but what was your favorite Kingdom Hearts game of the entire series so far? Um, I I want to say two, but I do really like one, so they are mm-hmm. pretty tied, but I, I Maybe, feel like two is just a little yeah. higher on my list. Okay, gotcha. Uh, do you so you like both Kingdom Hearts one and Kingdom Hearts two a lot? Now, do you feel like you like them for different reasons, and, and is that why one maybe wins out over the other, or is it just one is you like them both for the same reasons, and one just happens to be or two just happens to be the better one of them? Um, I think I do like them for other reasons because yeah. um, I feel like Sora as a character is just pretty different in both games so yeah definitely kind of treated as like different series yeah alone kind of but uh two i feel like had better worlds in my opinion Mm, and definitely definitely. the gameplay was a lot stronger a lot better yeah definitely a lot better um i really liked all the bosses i I think bosses are really big on uh kingdom hearts for me but uh one definitely had a better story and i really enjoyed it yeah, I would I would definitely agree with you on on, on that point. Uh, for for me personally, I would say Kingdom Hearts One is uh, higher for me, but I like I like the games for the same reasons you like the games, and <clears throat> it's just for me story ranks slightly higher, so that's yeah. that's that's why it happens. But yeah, I definitely agree with you, uh, and I also agree with you on the fact that Kingdom Hearts Two almost feels like a different series because it has that. For for good and for bad reasons, it has this uh, sort of like sequel itis of that. With Kingdom Hearts two, they already knew this was going to be a series, so you can feel in the writing that they knew it was going to be a series. Whereas with Kingdom Hearts one, they had something to prove, so there was a lot more uncertainty. But that wasn't necessarily a bad thing in some ways, like. Like I, I feel like it was maybe a little bit more explorative in Kingdom Hearts One. That's just my 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 feeling. And then with Kingdom Hearts Two, it was a little bit more established, but then in other ways, uh, maybe a little bit too up its own butt about its own story, <laughs> and and because of that, things did get complicated, and it was a lot less uh, maybe less inviting for new fans because there were a lot more complicated concepts uh, in the game. So that's definitely interesting all right so you got kingdom hearts 2 favorite game kingdom hearts 1 first game what is your least favorite game in the kingdom hearts series um so this was uh hard for me but um so i never actually did play like recoded mm-hmm. and i i have days but i've never actually beat it on my okay. uh, ds but i do i do really enjoy it so i'd mm-hmm. probably have to say recoded because it you could you never have to play it ever, and I yeah, you, you don't have to. <laughs> yes, it, yeah, it's kind of pointless, but I still, I still really enjoyed the movie of it. So yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, there's definitely good aspects. There are enjoyable things to come from it, but yeah, I would agree. Yeah, definitely. Uh, the the fact that you can say a game isn't necessary in Kingdom Hearts <laughs> that's that's pretty damning for a Kingdom Hearts game. So I know everything's canon, so they yeah. say. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, especially, yes, in a game where every single game is important and every game is canon, to say it's not necessary, that's that's pretty bad. I think they just added it, so they're like, oh shoot, we need to uh, 
have one of these every single year, but we're out of yeah. ideas. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, so, so Recoded. The deal with that was that it's a remake of Coded, which was a cell phone game in Japan, and uh, oh, yeah. at, so so it was at the time they were sort of like exploring different platforms. Uh, so. Uh, the three games that were being released, you got your Birth by Sleep on PSP, you got your uh, Days on DS, and you got your Coded on phones. So they're trying to try, they're trying all the different avenues. And clearly, one of these games <laughs> was given less attention than the other two. Yeah, and... wasn't this uh, old school phones? Like, not even smartphones? Yes, yes. <laughs> this was pre smartphones. Uh, well, pre pre smartphones in Japan. This this came out in like two thousand nine ish, but uh, hmm. uh, iPhones weren't really a thing in Japan yet. So, so yeah, this was like, uh, I I think they did some pretty interesting things with the phones. Like, like they had like a lot of three D elements that they they probably shouldn't have been able to have on there. So to some extent, it was a technical achievement, but. Yeah, it it definitely seemed like Nomura wasn't too attached to it, so you can kind of feel feel that a bit. And I think going on what you were saying of having a Kingdom Hearts release every year, that's how I feel about Recoded, specifically the remake for DS. The mm-hmm. reason they had that was to pad it out more, because as as we've said already, you kind of don't need Coded. So no, yeah. So I I think yeah, that's. Yeah, that's sort of a a symptom of that. All right, so so now that we've gotten to to know you a bit better, I I thought it would be a good opportunity in this this segment to uh, go back to a dead segment and resurrect it. So just a little a little bit of background before we jump into it. Uh, I want to say this was like maybe September ish, around September. Uh, we had an episode that I recorded with Churro and Sabi that we were uh, going to talk about, have a discussion segment about a Kingdom Hearts movie. And what ended up happening was uh, we recorded the whole episode. Everything was fine. And I just, I said, oh, oh hey guys, I'm hungry. I'm going to, I'm going to head out, uh, go to Lawson, which is a convenience store here in Japan, very popular chain. And I, 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 I left I went to Lawson, bought some food, ate some food, and then a couple hours later, it's like, all right, it's time to edit. And then I go, I look at my audacity, and hey, where's my recording? And then, and then that were that went that episode. So uh, because of that, uh, I sort of put this segment on the back burner. But it was it, the segment was totally written, but we never got to it. So I thought, hey, we got a new fresh face. New fresh perspective. Let's retackle this topic. I thought it'd be a good opportunity to revisit this idea. So, uh, basically, uh, this is a uh, a dead discussion about Kingdom Hearts, uh, a Kingdom Hearts movie resurrected. So let, let's let's talk about this. So, first talking point I want to get to is, uh, I, I guess a very important one is assuming there would be a Kingdom Hearts movie. Do you think? Uh, this Kingdom Hearts movie should be related to an upcoming title or should it be a, an adaptation of an existing title? So, uh, you know, just to make it a little bit more concrete. So uh, should it be related to an upcoming title? I would say that's like uh, Kingsglaive. You know, Kingsglaive was related to 
Final Fantasy 15. It was an upcoming game. Mm-hmm. Or should this be, uh, uh, you know, a movie that's a movie version of an existing game? Should this be a movie version of Kingdom Hearts 1? Should it be a movie of Kingdom Hearts 2? Should it be a movie of the entire series up until, you know, a certain game? I don't know. So should it be like a side story or should it be an existing thing? Now, something that has changed that I just noticed since we wrote this episode is technically a movie did come out that met one of these requirements. And that was Back Cover. Back Cover was related to an upcoming title. I was so, thinking the same, actually. Yeah. <laughs> so just just going off of that, what do you feel you would like more out of a Kingdom Hearts movie? Something along the lines of what Back Cover is, where it's related to an upcoming title and it's sort of its own thing. Or would you rather prefer a uh, like a, a movie retelling of an existing game? So which which would you rather want to see? Um, I feel like maybe what could happen. I, I don't know how well received this would be, but um, I either a remake of the original Kingdom Hearts into a movie format, or a slightly different. Well, yeah, I would say probably with um, kind of a remake of the original Kingdom Hearts, but maybe like add different Disney worlds, not, but have, you know, most of them stay the same. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. So, so, so you're definitely more on the uh, adaptation side of things. You would rather see yeah. a movie version of, uh, of a game that already exists. And yeah. uh, uh, I'm with you there because... Uh, in terms of story development, I feel like the other side of the coin, where it's uh, something that's like a side story, uh, I always feel like in the back of my mind, even if it's something good, even if it's an entertaining, I feel like, oh, this is homework. Like yeah. that's, that's personally how I felt about Kingsglaive, Final Fantasy XV, was like, oh, so I, you're telling me I have to do two hours of homework before I play this video game? Is that what you're telling me? To get the full story? And then Square Enix says, oh no, you don't need Kingsglaive. But it's like, <laughs> it's it's not you don't need Kingsglaive. It's, oh, you don't need Kingsglaive. It's like, you probably should do two hours of homework. Plus watch all of Brotherhood. Plus play our mobile phone game or whatever. But you don't need to. But that, that that's how it feels to me. It feels like homework. And it's like, look, this is already entertainment. I don't need homework for my entertainment. Like, just c- encompass your stories more. Just have it all in one shot and move on. Don't have all these side, th- these spin-off things. So I'm definitely uh, with you there. Um, but as far as, like, uh, adapting an, an existing title... Uh, yeah, I would agree. I would definitely want to see it. I don't know about new new Disney worlds or how how much it should deviate, but I feel like an opportunity this this would have is that it would have the opportunity of introducing new people into the series, especially if it's a if it's like a, a reboot or a remake of Kingdom Hearts One, like that would be a really great opportunity to get people in if. So, so here's here's how I feel. As long as the main plot points are the same, as long as they cover what you really need to know, I'm fine with that. 
and uh you know, as long as someone could watch this movie and not have to play Kingdom Hearts 1. That's how I feel. So if they watch this movie and because they watch that movie, they could play, you know, Chain of Memories or Kingdom Hearts 2. Uh, if they could do that and move on and, and it could get more people into the series quicker, I'm down with that. that that's great because I, I feel like there's definitely a need for that in the Kingdom Hearts series because... Uh, you know, it's a very long winding series, very complex story. So we need more entry points. And I feel like a movie would be a great entry point, especially for Kingdom Hearts 1. Uh, and, and yeah, as we were talking about before, gameplay wise of of the Kingdom Hearts series, it's probably one of the weaker ones. And part of the reason is because it's pretty old and it's hard to go back to. So if if they did a movie version of it, then, you know, the best part about it, the story, which is still good... Uh, maybe that could shine and uh, be brought to more people that would otherwise be turned off by the gameplay, uh, you know, because it's kind of old. So, so that, that that's definitely a good topic. Uh, and then next, uh, so would you want the story to include visiting several Disney worlds? So in a typical Kingdom Hearts game, you know, you you travel around to several Disney worlds. Uh, is that something you want to see in a movie, or is it? Or would you rather it just be just the essentials, just just the main plot? <clears throat> what would you want to see? So I would actually like to see some Disney worlds because I feel yeah. like they could do some really interesting stuff with this. Like if they actually mm. work with Disney and have like yeah. the original directors and voice actors that yeah. you know were in the actual movie. Yeah, they they've got be... they've clearly got access to those people. So like exactly. Come on. Yeah, it could be really strong, and I feel like um, if this were actually in like theaters, like a big movie, you know, because yeah. it is Disney, people wouldn't yeah. have to know that Kingdom Hearts is ever even a video game because you know yeah. Disney is a huge audience. So absolutely, you could really get out there and people because the story is really solid to this day, like you're saying. So yeah. you could get that out to everybody. Um, I. Um, so I was thinking having a lot of Disney worlds, but I kind of changed my mind on that. I feel like maybe two or three Disney worlds and then yeah, just, you know, have a big solid focus on those worlds. Yeah. And, and I mean, there's, there's also the possibility that maybe they, maybe they do like a solid focus on maybe two and then like they, maybe they cover all of them, but like the other ones you just see in like a montage, like you'll see oh, yeah, yeah. clips quick That'd clips of other cool. worlds and then but like the real core of it will be like certain ones yes um, but obviously like, the whole would be like in traverse town and yeah bastion exactly uh I, so um it uh in the past so around 2002 uh there was uh actually a proposal uh, by uh, like so, some animators to do a Kingdom Hearts TV series. This was before Kingdom Hearts mm-hmm. was going to be a thing. And uh, one of the things that came up was one of the initial drafts of the of the TV show was uh, it didn't feel like the game at all because Sora wasn't the highlight. Sora was more like just a mechanism for the viewer to sort of like relate to and you're really just 
watching, you know, Aladdin do stuff. Like it, it feels like an episode. It, it, uh, what I heard was that the pilot felt like an episode of Aladdin, the animated series. It just happened to have Sora in it and he wasn't really that important. But then uh, a, a, a different draft that was done by Seth Kearsley, the guy, a guy I interviewed, uh, the way he handled it was he had actually played the game and he realized, oh, wait, no, the story is all about Sora. And I think that that would be a key element is that they need to emphasize the fact that this isn't, uh, you know, a Disney wild mystery tour. This is a story about Sora and his friends and they're the main part. The Disney stuff is the background. And I, I feel like that's definitely a very important thing. So... Yeah, I I feel like as long as as long as they maintain maintain that that I think it would work. So uh, uh, moving on to the next the next part. Uh, so if you if you would like Disney Worlds, which we established that we we would like to see Disney Worlds uh, included. Uh, if so, how would you want them to handle the different art styles of each movie? And what about the two D films? So like. So in the example, let's say hypothetically we're going to Kingdom Hearts 1. That's going to be the movie that we tackle. Uh, Kingdom Hearts 1 is all 2D films. So, yeah. And uh, one of the big deals for Kingdom Hearts 1 was that they were going to be like one of the first studios to tackle what these characters look like in 3D. And, and, and that was that was a big deal at the time because anytime Disney had tried in the past to do these characters in 3D, it always looked kind of weird. Um, but, you know, the Square, Square, with the help of Disney's 2D animators, were able to figure out and make it work. So, would you want to see these segments with 2D animation? Or would you like to see these done up in whatever modern 3D animation style there is? Uh, and uh, do you feel like it should be different styles, or should they ha- should they have different art styles for one? And uh, then after that, uh, should they try two D animation? <laughs> so it's a big question. But how do you feel about art styles in different movies and two D animation? Um, so I actually feel like it should be the original art style, and even yeah. uh, things like Nightmare Before Christmas that that was oh, yeah, like 3D, yeah. and you could do really cool with that, just uh, playmation yeah. and all that. Definitely, um, I think even more, some, I think even some of those uh, more modern claymation movies, some of them are, are yeah. actually are actually CG, but they are done in a style that it's almost indistinguishable from claymation so i think you could really do it like really well done these days yeah that'd be really cool and then uh obviously all the 3d uh would be definitely a lot better nowadays and oh definitely like uh the princesses so hard they're from all the other games but like when you see them in hollow bastion that obviously would be in 3d so it'd be yeah. kind of a mix still and yeah that'd be cool so for me personally i'm a big fan of 2d so i would always love to see 2d oh, definitely. but but uh, from a practical standpoint, and also from a very sad standpoint, uh, Disney fired all their 2D animators like yeah. a couple of years ago. <laughs> so they're just not, they, they literally aren't in the building anymore. So I think from a practical standpoint, they probably can't do it. Yeah, uh, but we can so dream. We can dream, exactly. <laughs> we definitely can dream. So uh, I would say if it was going to be done practically, uh 
I would like, okay, so this is what I would like. I would like to see them at least do them in different styles that are, uh, sort of like respecting to the Disney, to the original Disney film, like have, have like a different, uh, aesthetic to each, each movie. Uh, as, as long as they feel a little bit different when you go to each one, I'm fine with it. It, And, um, yeah, as long as it's a different style, at least slightly, as as long as there's a little bit something different, I'm fine with it. Yeah, it would uh, still work really yeah, well, definitely. I think. All right. So now I think we're going to come to probably the most controversial question. <laughs> and so let's say, assuming this happens, who would you want to lead the production? Square or Disney? And how much... If any collaboration would you like to see between them? So which studio? So let, let's just let's just set the baseline. Both Square and Disney make movies. Uh, one one is clearly more known for movies yeah. than the other, but at the very least, both of them are capable of producing movies, animated movies, like top tier, big budget movies. They can do that. But for a Kingdom Hearts movie, uh, which uh, which studio do you feel is more equipped to make this kind of movie, and which would you rather see? So I would like to see quite a bit of collaboration from both of them, and I feel okay. like even with Kingdom Hearts three, uh, they are definitely working a lot better. Yeah, which is which is definitely surprising. It's yeah. unprecedented. Yeah. Um. So I would like to see Disney definitely on the marketing. So absolutely push it out there and get it treat it treat it like treat it like a big budget Disney movie treat it like Frozen treat it like Moana give it the same stage and it could be as big honestly like yeah it couldn't even be like it might not even be titled a video game because those I'm not music video game movie because those tend to flop anyways like yeah um, they don't have to exactly it could be just a disney movie and i think it would be really well um received but uh so i i think square should do um most of the story on it Mm -hmm. but i want disney to do the disney world yeah i I definitely think that that can definitely work for it um i think so if we're if we're if we're pretty set on it being a retelling of Kingdom Hearts One, I think, uh, on a story standpoint, I feel like a lot of it, a lot of the story is sort of set. So I don't, I don't think a lot of work needs to be done too much in the main story department. So maybe you know Square doesn't have to worry about that too much. But I would definitely agree. Like for Disney World, like wouldn't it be great if they did, if the if the Disney uh, team would embellish the story more uh maybe maybe like based on what happened in the kingdom hearts version of the world in the game but if they embellished it and made it more of a of an interesting plot because uh definitely with some of the worlds in kingdom hearts one the the plot was a little a little thin yeah like like per- personally for me i feel like the first couple of worlds had a stronger plot but uh, worlds like uh, Agrabah and uh, e- even Atlantica to some extent, 
some of those later worlds, uh, uh, ex- except for Neverland, some of the na- later worlds had a little bit of a paper thin plot. So uh, whichever worlds they choose to emphasize, it would be interesting to see them treat it almost like, you know, it'd be interesting if they treated it like an animated short, like uh, Pixar movies. They always have like a Ooh. an animated short before each of the before each of their uh, each of their movies. They treat it almost like a double feature, and there'll be one team that handles that short, and it's a kind of a big deal each time. And it'd be kind of interesting if there were like several teams working on these, you know, Disney segments, and they treated it as if it was like an animated short. And they went all out on it and they did like, you know, you you got this one solid team and they're working on the Tarzan section and they're going to make it the best it can be. And like, could they even do Tarzan realistically today? Uh, it's a good question. I don't know, (laughs) but let's, let's, let's assume they did or, or maybe they skipped Tarzan. Okay. Let's say Hercules. You know, there's one team that just does Hercules, one team that just does Alice in Wonderland, one team that just does uh, Neverland or something. And then maybe Square, maybe their main uh, input to all this is they do the uh, the, the main story parts and, and that, maybe that's how they handle it. But I, I would say in terms of like maybe st- like main storyline, I, I think Square should be in charge of that. But in terms of like, the individual plots of maybe the little short segments, maybe that can be handled by the team and and they have a leeway with that. Uh, There are some uh, properties that have been released in this way. So uh, for example, there is uh, for the matrix, they have, uh, they had a series called the animatrix. uh, And that was a series of anime shorts that were done by a bunch of different anime studios uh, but they all sort of cover the same sort of plot that happens in between the different matrix the different matrix movies and they all have very similar themes uh, so maybe a more cohesive version of that could be an interesting way to tackle it but yeah I, I know for a lot of people they just I know for especially for a lot of Kingdom Hearts fans they want Disney out I think that's probably the more common opinion is they just don't want Disney involved but I think we can agree that you know that'd be kind of a waste because like yeah dis disney made the movies in the first place so like if anyone's gonna do the disney stuff right at the very least the disney stuff if anyone's gonna do disney right it's disney so like exactly i, I can definitely understand being apprehensive about disney touching the main characters i i understand that but like if if you're worried about Disney handling a- Ariel from Little Mermaid, I think I think you're worried about the wrong thing. Like, <laughs> like why do you like Kingdom Hearts? Yeah, like <laughs> like I think they can handle it. So yeah. Plus, um, as much as I love Square, um, I I don't want a Kingdom Hearts movie to be another Spirits Within or King's Glaive yeah. or anything. And uh. Yeah, no, yeah. I, I definitely I will say I enjoyed that cover. I thought I thought there were I thought yeah, that was, cover was, was interesting, really well. but if you treat it as a movie, it doesn't quite deliver because the way it ends is like it, it doesn't feel like it ended. It feels like it, they just stopped making the movie. It, yeah. it doesn't feel like they wrote an ending. It's just like they just all right, we're done today. All right, ship it. So uh, I would definitely want 
you know, a lot of talking with Disney about how to take the story of a roughly uh, 20 to 30 hour RPG, how to take that and make it a, you know, hour and a half to two hour thing. How do you do that? Capture all the things that you need to capture. Hit all the points you need to capture. I would like to see Disney uh, assist with that. At the very least, Disney, especially Disney people that get Kingdom Hearts. So I don't know Roy, Roy Connolly all that well, but I know he knows Kingdom Hearts. So I personally would trust him. I liked Tangled. You know, Big Hero 6 is good too. You know, there's there's a lot of great Disney movies that he's been attached to. So... You know, let's get some people on the inside at Disney that like Kingdom Hearts, that likes where that understand the story and the quirks, and and that understand the fact that you know the main thing, the main story is the main characters, and that the Disney stuff is in the background, and you know, get some people like that within Disney and get them on to help. Like I, I feel that would be a great opportunity. So I actually have an idea. Um... Mm-hmm. Tell me what you think about this. What if instead of all the older Disney movies to appeal to a wider audience today, what if they just cut all the older movies and did like newer movies like Frozen and Tangled and Big Hero 6 like you just mentioned? Like what do you think that would be like today? So I I think they, well, while I think they could do it, I think it really depends on how they, how they see this movie fitting in. Yeah. with the kingdom hearts franchise so if it's if if they intend to do kingdom hearts as a movie series and they're okay with that branching off then that's okay yeah i don't How, think it would be canon really I yeah think it so it would kind so of if, be in its own universe yeah so if if they're gonna have their own universe so if they do their own universe thing then yes that that absolutely can work but if it's something designed to uh get people into the into the series at at large and they want it to you know be functionally the same as playing kingdom hearts one and it's just like you know this is just the movie version of kingdom hearts one then obviously they can't do that because you know there are recurring characters in future titles you know they'll sort of assume that you've seen those worlds at least once so uh so it, it it would depend on what they want for the for the movie. If they want it to be its own thing, absolutely. I think they probably would do that instead. Uh, if they want it to be uh, something that gets people into the series as a whole, and they want them to see other titles, other properties within that franchise, then uh, they're going to have to make sure that it's uh, you know faithful in that way as well. Because despite the fact that the Disney worlds are in the background the specific Disney worlds that they went to does matter in, in future titles. So mm-hmm. I think it's, it just, it just depends on what they want. And I think both, both routes are fine. You know, it, it's just, you know, what do you want? I would say realistically though, I don't think square would agree to that <laughs> because, because <laughs> that would be a good, probably be a better thing for Disney than it would be for square because that would get them to watch more movies and, playlist and not necessarily get them to play the games that's true and most of these worlds will probably be in kingdom hearts 3 also exactly it'd be kind of of weird to yeah do you think they gain cells or lose cells from that i don't know it's strange yeah (laughs) yeah uh it, it 
you know, it's like asking the question, did did Big Hero 6 sell help Marvel sell more comics of whatever Big Hero 6 was based on? Because Big Hero 6 was such a huge departure from what the original thing was. I think the original thing was like kind of a a more adult-oriented comic, and the movie is like kid-oriented, so it's like completely different. I have a feeling that uh, apart from like diehard fans and just uh, curious people who happen to read about the fact that oh but hero six was based on a comic like other than those people like it probably didn't sell a lot more of that comic series so i feel like unless uh the property is like pretty representative of what the rest of the franchise is i don't feel like it's going to be a huge boon to sales that's just my opinion though yeah it's funny that you bring that up because i just recently like a few days ago looked up like some of the comics for big hero six and yeah like yeah the- the cover of the comics all pretty much look like the Avengers, and then the real yeah, movie. Yeah. Well, yeah, the movie is like you know a bunch of it's kids, a kid movie. like cartoon it. It's yeah, very it's different, t- totally different. So yeah, yeah. All right, man. So I, I think it's been a great conversation. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode, and thank you for uh, allowing us to resurrect this this segment. It's been a while, and I've, I've been so sad that it had to sort of sit on the back burner for so long. So thank you so much. Yeah, thank you for having me. All right, and now for our question segment. Uh, this question comes from Nico Gonzalez. And Nico asks, uh, How do you feel about Haley Joel Osment's current direction for Sora? Do you think he should try to sound like he did in Kingdom Hearts 2 or have it be more like his natural voice? I mean, it's 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 for me it's mixed it's very mixed because I mean, quite quite plainly Haley is getting older. Like Yep. Seriously. I mean, obje- objectively speaking, it has been over a decade since he did the voice of Sora in Kingdom Hearts 2. Yeah, it's been and, over a decade. So objectively yep. speaking, yeah, he's a lot older now. And not only that, they keep, you know, for some reason, reverting Sora back to his, you know, younger self. And I think it's getting more difficult for, you know, Haley to try to sound younger when he, you know, like, like, for example, when he voiced, you know, Vanitas, you know, that kind of flowed naturally because, you know, it's a Kingdom Hearts like for it's pretty much like a Kingdom Hearts 2 Sora, just evil. Yeah, and yes. darker. Like, you and want darker. More- Deeper, so he can go deeper. Like Moody, right? Yeah, and then um and his as far as natural voice, his natural voice is nothing like Sora's. So he has yeah, to he has to kind of manipulate problem. it to sound like Sora. And basically, you know, after hearing his voice, you know, in the zero point two like secret ending or whatever you want to call it, um, it's a lot of it sounds really off and you know, and it's kinda like I th- I kinda get that he hasn't really voiced that Sora in a long time so I think that when for Kingdom Hearts 3 he'll have like probably more practice into voicing the right you know you know sound for it but also at the same time you know it's up to the voice you know director to tell Haley how it should sound so like if you remember the MTV interviews they had for the cast and Hayden kind of you know said that they wanted her to sound more higher you know like a princessy type of thing. So it's kind of like, you know, sometimes Haley probably doesn't have a choice. You know, they want him to sound like this and he'll have to try his best to make it sound like that. 
Yeah, I, I, I'm definitely with you, Churro. I felt like his uh, 0.2 performance was very awkward. Like the, it definitely didn't feel natural. Uh, very in your face. A, yeah, like. and uh, he's got this weird, unnatural tone to his voice now. Like he, like the, way the clo- too happy for no the, reason. Yeah, the closest thing I could describe it as is like it's Kingdom Hearts two Sora plus Barney. Like Barney oh, the dinosaur. Wow. Okay. Hi guys, it's me, Sora. Like, hey, I like to say goodbye to all my friends. <laughs> Stop. He's got this weird thing with his voice. I'm new Sora. Don't you like me? Don't I sound natural? Don't they that's, sound more that's new Sora. older? Hashtag scary Sora. Hi. Okay. <laughs> Hashtag. Brandon is Sora. Yeah. I'm Hashtag Sora. save so, us all. So that's that. It's it's this part that's really strange. I don't understand it at all. Why can't you just not talk like this? So please, please <laughs> like, can we just <laughs> subtract that it. out? Subtract that out of his voice, please. Onagashimasu, please. I don't know. Like it's it's hard because you know. The time span of, like, Sora being the age she is. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. You kind of could have, like, deepened You could have aged bit. him up a little. Yeah, yeah. Like, you could have deepened a little bit. It's like, puberty finally hit for this kid. Like, yeah. come on. I mean, let's do it. It's not, the, it's not the first time they did it so drastically. Like, I, I know. I know that. So we just, we just, like, if we're talking, like, where did we leave off in the story? Like, we just left off with Dream Drop Distance and... 0.2 so we're literally seeing like days pass so his voice probably shouldn't change after a couple of days but maybe like maybe let's just do it anyway maybe Cause... maybe maybe you just do it like the timeline of puberty you know your just voice gets all crackly and shit i mean like they that. did they did it they they made it work for uh for Kingdom Hearts two, well, Kingdom Hearts two a year went by, but they made it work for for Kingdom Heart uh, for Recom for Rechain of Memories. Like he literally walked down, he he walked down a grassy field, went to sleep, woke up, and now he's gone through all of puberty already. So uh, I think I, I think we can get away with a little bit of a voice change. So I think, like personally, I don't think I I don't know what's gonna happen. Yeah. I, I okay. personally feel the worst might happen, and he'll just stick with this strange Barney voice. But I, what I would wish to happen is I would hope that he would go like maybe maybe the voice director instead of saying you need to go up a few octaves, Sora uh, or, or Haley, you got to go up a few octaves. Instead of saying that, you need to go more natural a few octaves, Haley. Stop being so Barney. That that would be my. Now, now let me ask you to this question. Yes. After this, you know, Kingdom Hearts three is out. Would you want to see Haley replaced with somebody else that can play? You know, the way this. You know, since they're continue, since Sora is going to be the main character, and he's probably not going to age as much as you know, Nomura is going to make him to be. Do you think Haley should just you know, this be yeah, you know Haley's last role as Sora, and have somebody else take sure. over? It depends. I think it just depends on like how what direction they want to take with the character and if Haley wants to do it then he should try if not then they're like 
There's okay, a lot of so people here's... that do like impressions about it, but like I don't know. Like yeah. it, it's just so weird because when you look at like say for example David Gallagher, like when David Gallagher you know uses you know pl- you know does his Riku voice, it's the same regardless. It's always Riku. It's always Riku. Yeah, because yeah. they when they got him, he had already gone through puberty. He was already an adult, so that's just Riku's voice. Just is his voice. But with Sora, you know, they got him too young, so he had a great kid voice when when he did Sora the first time, and then after, uh, you know, his voice changed, and now his now he just can't hit that voice anymore for some reason. Uh, so yeah, I definitely I definitely see where you're coming from. Now here's here's my opinion on where they should go in terms of Haley or not Haley. So it all depends on whether or not. Or, or it all depends on what they do with Sora's character in the future. If they allow him to age, like, you know, to be an adult, and, and they'll go on with Sora as an adult, then yes, absolutely. Let's keep Haley on. You know, he'd be perfect for that role. If, however, they, for some reason, age him down for some reason, maybe they go to another dimension, and this is, you know, Sora in an alternate reality, and, the, you know, we're going, we're effectively soft rebooting the series, then yeah, this would be a good point to get a new younger character, a younger voice actor to voice Sora. Or if he's going to stay the Kingdom Hearts 2 age, you know, if it's the same timeline, that's a tough call. If it's a different timeline, absolutely, let's change it. I feel Let the no, boy grow. no remorse. Yeah. I would say, let, let yeah, I, I'm with you. I'm I'm with you with letting him grow, but uh, you know how it is with uh, these kinds of series. Uh, you need yeah. look no further than Ash Ketchum, who has been 10 years old since 1997. So, and and they did, you know, replace the voice actor. I think a couple times now. Yeah, yeah, they did for, for Ash Ketchum. They they did at least at least once, uh, but that was mostly due to the fact that. Uh, they switched from, uh, I believe, four kids to a different dubbing yeah. studio. So yeah. all the voice actors had to change. Uh, but yeah, uh, it, it's... You also have the issue of... So they have this in, J- in Japan, and it, it, it's kind of funny because I've, I've brought this up to Japanese people in the past uh, with regards to Dragon Ball Z. So uh, in America... And well, I guess just just all English speech, speaking versions of Dragon Ball Z. Uh, Dragon Ball Z was the thing that was dubbed first. Uh, they tried to dub Dragon Ball, but that wasn't working out. So Dragon Ball was r- released originally uh, in Japan in the eighties, and uh, you know Goku was a young kid. So as is tradition, you get an old lady to do the voice of of the young boy or, or maybe maybe not an old lady but like a, a woman you get a woman to do the young kid's voice because because voice just change you know and, and this is a long-running series uh because of that even going on to dragon ball z where goku is now an adult man uh this old grandma is still voicing goku and it sounds ridiculous and it's always sounded ridiculous and i've showed uh, some Japanese people, uh, the American version of, you know, the Funimation dub of Dragon Ball, where Goku, uh, the original voice of Goku, Sean Schemmel, uh, well, not, not, not original, original, there's been many dubs, I know, but, like, the the voice we all know and love, Sean Schemmel, his voice, he's an adult man who's been doing Goku for, for you know, decades now. I, I've showed them that, and they're like, what? This is so American. 
this is so adult. It shouldn't be adult. He should sound like a kid. And I'm like, what? He's a father. So I don't know. Maybe part of it is just uh, Japan and the way that their voice actors are. They they tried to never replace them. So maybe they'll try to keep Haley going on forever. But I don't know. I'm hoping that if if he's growing, keep Haley. If he's not growing, all right, let, let's let this be his last role because he, he's getting a little too Barney for my liking. And, and that's not a good thing. All right. So I think that pretty much wraps up our questions. And uh, yeah, so for our music for this episode, we've got a very interesting cover. Uh, this is the okay. Spoiler warning: <laughs> if you don't want if you don't want to hear this word, <laughs> that is uh, the name of a uh, boss in zero point two. You, you can move away now. But uh, so this is a cover and arrangement of the demon tide demon tide battle and Dark Impetus together. So Demon Tide from Kingdom Hearts 0.2 and Dark Impetus from Birth by Sleep Final Mix and Dream Drop Distance. Uh, so this is all mixed together and it sounds super awesome. So definitely check it out. This is by Harmonious Reprise on YouTube. Uh, Harmonious Reprise also remains to be the only human in human history to have done an arrangement of Majestic Wings. And uh, please, if you are a musician out there in the world, if you know musicians, please tell them about the, the love, the wonders of the Dream Drop Distance song known as Majestic Wings. And please make them, force them to make wonderful arrangements of this song. I beg of you. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> Our next episode of Kingdom Hearts Union is scheduled for the 23rd of May. Uh, and you can keep up with all of our releases. Uh, just subscribe on iTunes. Uh, you can subscribe to Final Fantasy and Kingdom Hearts Union on iTunes. On the iTunes store, just search for Kingdom Hearts and we're number one! Yay! Yay. And of course, you can catch every episode at KingdomHeartsUnion.com or Kingdom Hearts Ultimania's Twitter, which is at KHUltimania, or UltimaWeapon.com's Twitter, which is UltimaWeapon.com. And remember, you can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash ffkhunion. And if you guys want us to answer your questions on the podcast, please send us your questions to khuquestions at gmail.com. All right, guys. It's goodbye time. Really? That that was fast. I know, right? (laughs) Trust trust me, it wasn't. Yeah. Goodbye. It's nice talking to all you guys again. Bye, guys. Thank you for all your support, and we'll see you on the next one. Yep. And I'm Brandon saying goodbye. This has been a KingdomHeartsUnion.com production. <laughs>